Hi, it's Jeff, host of the podcast. Imagine a world where planning your books is as fun as writing them, where plotters plot in heroic harmony and pantsers organize without overwhelm. Here's the thing, that world exists. Plotters and pantsers alike love the visual outlining and story Bible software Plotter, now available both online and as a web app. Named the number one outlining app for productivity by Kindlepreneur, Plotter turns outlining and organizing your books into the creative process it's supposed to Visit plotter.com slash rw today. That's p-l-o-t-t-r dot com slash rw today. And experience the difference yourself. Welcome back to the Reading and Writing Podcast. My guest today is Adam Hamdi, author of the new novel, The Other Side of Night. Best-selling author James Patterson wrote about the novel, I couldn't stop thinking about the story's incredible twist, like no crime novel I've ever read. Adam, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much for having me, Jeff. Absolutely. Well, if someone listening hasn't yet heard about your new novel, The Other Side of Night, how would you describe the novel? Uh, it is a mind bending human experience. Um, it's designed to be a journey for someone to go on. Um, so you actually reach the other side of night, uh, just as much as it is, you know, intended to be an entertaining read. And I'm curious, do you remember the original idea or impetus that led you to write the other side of night? Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, the book was inspired by a question that um, our middle son asked uh, when we were out walking in the Peak District, which is a beautiful inland cliff um, in the heart of England. And um, he was eight years old and he asked me a question, which I can't talk about because it's a bit of a spoiler for the <laughs> for the book. But uh, um, I, I just stuck with me and I just thought there's an incredible story here. This, you know, that is just such an amazing uh, question for a kid to ask. Um, I just thought there's a, there's, there's a book or a movie or something here. And I just started working on it straight away. That's great. And I'm curious, can you tell us what was your initial writing journey that led you to writing your four, first stories and novels, and then eventually getting your first novel published? Uh, I've always been writing ever since I was a child uh, just writing stories, plays, uh, it's just been a passion of mine. We moved a lot around a lot as a child. And so I was always having to make new friends and it was easiest for me to carry my friends around with me in a notebook. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I would be making up stories and, uh, and, and, I, you know, I came from quite a normal it, sort of not particularly well-off family and we didn't have very much. And, didn't really know any creatives, certainly not any writers. And it never occurred to me that one could write professionally. I just, I, I, I thought that novelists, uh, you know, I devoured books as a child and I just thought they were kind of superhumans of some kind, you know, kind of a, a distant race of people that lived on a magical island somewhere. I just didn't <laughs> realize that, you know, you could do this as a job. And so I didn't come to writing until I'd already had another career. 
And what prompted me to um, give up a sort of corporate career was my father passed away um, quite suddenly. And it just made me think, you know, life's too short. I, I need to pursue my passion. And so um, I started writing screenplays and I'd always been fearful of books because I think the novelist is, is it's, it's quite a special position to be in because you're directly interfacing with the reader's mind and you're conjuring imagery and emotion um, without the interface of a screen or music or anything. You're using words to create an entire experience. And I'd always been daunted by that. So I don't like being afraid of things. And I set myself a challenge of writing my first novel. And uh, for some reason, I decided I was going to rip the Band-Aid off and write it in 30 days. And I did. And um, that book came close to selling, actually, to the UK uh, arm of Simon & Schuster. I went down for one of the editorial meetings that you go for where they talk to you about you know, what they would do with the book and that sort of thing. But in the end, they decided not to um, pick it up because it would, would have been quite a challenging marketing, uh, uh, you know, it, was, it would have been a difficult marketing challenge for them. And so I wrote another book and that got close to being picked up again. And I just, I thought, well, you know, how do I crack this nut? You know, I've written two novels, both got good responses, both got quite close to being picked up by one of the majors. And the feedback that I kept getting was, you know, write something that's really commercial and kind of right in the sweet spot of contemporary fiction um, that deals with issues that people are thinking about now. And so I wrote Pendulum, which was my first uh, properly you know, published novel. And, um, and actually I'd become so discouraged by the experience of being, of having two books um, get so close that I was at the same time, I was commissioned to adapt David Mitchell's novel, number nine dream for the screen. And I was halfway through Pendulum and I just said to my agent, look, I'm going to be tied up writing this screenplay for a while. Why don't we just submit the partially complete manuscript and see what people think? And if people are interested, I'll finish it. And if they're not, we'll know without me having to finish the rest of the book. Um, and my agent was really against that. But it worked. We sold, pen we sold a trilogy of books actually off the, back, the first half of of pendulum and it was uh just a, a, an overwhelming experience to to suddenly you know to go from kind of being disheartened and despondent about it to oh my god you know somebody really likes it and um you know wants me to publish it first of course i had to finish the book well that must have been really tough though to get so close two times <laughs> what what kind of kept you going um, I mean, I know people who've written seven novels before getting published, five novels before getting published. It's just, you know, I think the only the only person that can really stop you from being a, an author, the only person that can decide whether you fail or not at your task is you. It's a very empowering thing. If you keep going, if you pers persist, if you try and understand what it is that you're doing wrong or what it is that isn't quite hitting the spot – um, you can address that. And for me, it wasn't the writing. It wasn't the characterization. I was, I was mashing up genres. I was putting together, um, sci-fi with espionage, with, with action thrill. I was kind of 
mashing up too much and it was making it difficult for publishers to understand where to put me as a uh, as a debut. And so with Pendulum, I wrote something that was very clearly in a category that publishers could um, could market. And so, you know, I, I, I it was despond, you know, it was it was disheartening to come so close, but it was also encouraging because I could fix the problems that they raised and, and it worked. That's great. Well, I know that you have co-authored a couple of novels with James Patterson. I'm curious if you can talk about it. How did that opportunity come about and what was the co- co-writing process like? So uh, I'm working on, uh, we're, we're working on our fourth novel together, um, Private Rome. And it came about uh, largely because Jim read Pendulum and he gave me an incredible quote, uh, so generous, you know, it was um, it just great of him. And we, we you know, we've, we've never met. And, I, and as a debut, I didn't really understand the importance of getting blurbs from other authors and how that can help sort of build momentum for a, a novel. Uh, and I'd you know, my editor had you know, kind of managed to get um, this amazing uh, blurb from Jim. And so I knew that he liked my writing. And um, I uh, set up, um, co-founded a festival in London. And one of the people on our advisory board was an editor at um, uh uh, Jim's publishers in London. And, and and basically there were just some conversations that were had. And one day I got a call from my agent saying, you know, they've talked about you and Jim really likes your stuff. Would you like to co-write with him? And it's just not a, an opportunity that you say no to. And it's been an amazing experience. I have learned so much from it, so much from it. And his, you know, he, he gets, um, uh, you know, stick sometimes, but I think he's a phenomenal writer and his focus is give, you know, is on giving readers a really awesome experience. He tries to make his books accessible and entertaining. And I just think that's something really valuable that every single author can learn from, you know, kind of whatever you're writing, whether it's, you know, high end sort of literary fiction, it's, it's that idea of having the reader at the heart of, of the experience uh, and making them all important. And I think Jim does that brilliantly. Do you have that one piece of clothing you keep going back to no matter how full your closet is? Having a versatile, high-quality favorite feels great, but having a whole closet full of them feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Whether you're dressing for work, the gym, or happy hour, you're sure to find your next closet go-to from American Giant. And it's all made in America and designed to last a lifetime. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. That's great. And I'm, I'm curious, are you still writing screenplays? Yes, I am. I've just delivered a TV pilot for, um, actually for a US and, and, a, and a UK production, uh, two production companies who are working on a original thriller uh, concept that I've uh, come up with. So yeah, I do. My focus is mainly on novels at the moment, but I still do. I'd say probably about 20 or 30% of my time is spent on, on screen at the moment. And, and I'm curious, most because screenplays are a very structured form, how do you feel like that impacts your your novel writing? Are you someone who um, does extensive outlines before you um, write the novel? I am. I didn't <laughs> used to be, and uh, you know, everyone has their own thing. And I just, I always say, you know, whatever works for you as a writer, just find, just take take time to know yourself and figure out what works best for you. I started off my first three novels I wrote without planning them. I had a rough idea and I just started writing and they were incredibly challenging to edit. And when I started working with Jim and I saw his process and how he likes to, um, you know, see his books plotted out and I just thought, wow, this is really, this is really clever. And it was basically what you do with film and TV. You always start with, um, you know, a, a, an outline, a beat sheet, synopsis, you build from um, humble beginnings because it's easy to work with small amounts of content. Um, and if you do the same with novels, you, you know, you, you build from one page to five to a 20 page outline, you know, chapter by chapter, and you can cut things, you can cut the chapters really easily, move them around, shift what happens to characters and that, that sort of thing much more easily than you can when you've got a hundred thousand words to edit and you need to make changes with something of that scale. So I found that my writing process has got better. And I think, and I, you know, ultimately readers have to be the judge of this, but I think the quality of my work has improved as well as a result, because I'm doing all of the hard work up front, and then I can focus on the kind of, uh, the actual, the, the the quality of the writing, the quality of the characterization and all the things that I think just make a, a novel so much richer. And that's what I love about novel novels versus um, screenplays. I just, I love playing with language and, and exploring the kind of limits of what you can do in terms of creating emotion, imagery, um, characterization in novels. And it's a sort of freedom that you don't have in screenplays. Sure. Well, I'm curious, what writing advice would you offer for those who are working on their own stories or novels? 
Uh, I would say, I mean, there's, uh, there's, uh, there's loads, but <laughs> I would say live an interesting life. Um, yeah, I would say live an interesting life. Um, people are, you know, people say read. I think that's a given. If you're a writer, you should always be reading. You need to see what other people are doing, how people use different techniques, um, and that all kind of feeds into your own style. And, and it's important to get to know yourself as a, as a writer and figure out what works best for you. But I would say a really key thing to do is to live an interesting life. And it doesn't mean you have to be a, you know, a spy or jump out of airplanes or anything like that. Talk to people. It's amazing what you can pick up, um, in terms of stories, anecdotes, character, just by, um, you know, talking to people and people who sort of stick in my mind, uh, you know, I went and interviewed a, um, uh, serial killer in, a uh, Britain's second highest maximum security prison. And that was an experience that I, I'll never forget. Um, I've spent time with, uh, former and serving espionage agents and spoken to them in some detail about their experiences. And, you can learn so much that just adds to the quality of your work. And also if you're, you know, in your own life, if you've got things that you've experienced or skills that you've acquired, um, they can just add such richness to your, to your writing. So I would try, say, you know, try and live as interesting a life as possible. That's great. Well, I'm curious, what novels or nonfiction books have you read recently that you enjoyed? Uh, I think... I've recently read uh, A Twist of the Knife by Anthony Horowitz, um, which is just such an inventive murder mystery series where he's paired himself as a character in the novel with a detective, um, Hawthorne, who they, they kind of, you know, go around solving crimes together. And um, when I first heard about it, I thought, oh, that sounds quite odd, but it works brilliantly. And I think it's an incredibly brave author who puts themselves in their own work and is so sort of self-deprecating and funny about themselves um, in in the novel. And it's kind of playing with boundaries of truth and fiction and, uh, you know, it's just su such an entertaining series. So that's one that's really stuck in my mind recently. That's great. Well, where can people find you online if they'd like to learn more about you and your novels? I have my website, uh, adamhamdy.com, and I'm also on Twitter uh, as Adam Hamdy. If you just look for my handle is Adam Hamdy, and I'm also on Instagram now, which I was convinced, I was talked into joining, and I'm on there <laughs> as Adam Hamdy author. Yeah, so I, I think, um, you know, social media is now a full-time job for authors. I'm, I'm thinking about cloning myself, just somebody who could do all of the selfies and uh, all the things that you're expected to do now <laughs> and and start a tiktok account <laughs> oh no please <laughs> everyone okay. keeps saying Donna, you know it's really tiktok is where it's at now and so like, oh no please don't say that <laughs> yeah as soon as as soon as you create one it'll be another it'll be another platform i know i know i know i know <laughs> great well again we've been speaking oh. with adam hamdy author of the new novel the other side of night the novel is on sale now, so go buy a copy. And Adam, thanks a lot for doing this interview. Oh, Jeff, it's an absolute pleasure. I really enjoy it. So, some great questions. Great. 
brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match, with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.